0: From our studio.
1: Welcome to the Ron and Larry Show with Brian, where we discuss anything and everything related to the human spirit and things that make you go hmm. Today we're talking about the magic power of music and how it affects our lives. But who knows where we may end up? So without further ado, it's the Ron and Larry Show with Brian. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Ron and Larry Show with Brian. What do you say there, Larry? Hey,
0: uh, how you doing there, Ronnie?
1: Salutations. Larry is our engineer who is paying for this show, so his name in the title was, of course, non-negotiable. That said, Brian, hello, Brian. Brian is my co-host. Brian, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, Ron. How are you today, man?
1: I am very excited as we're shooting or shooting or we're airing or recording our very first podcast called The Ron and Larry Show with Brian. And today we're going to talk about the power of music and what it means to the human spirit, Brian. You and I. This is something that we talk about all the time. I believe that one's energy and overall mood can be and is increased by music. What say you?
0: Absolutely, it, it is like the, the 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 root, the bloodline, the I don't know, the basis of life. If you really want to peel off everything that's happened in history and and uh, just our daily from 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 old 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 ancient times to right now in our daily lives music is is the absolute bloodline on it i think my opinion
1: and i couldn't agree more because from i can't imagine that there's a lot of people out there with dissimilar uh upbringings but you know i grew up in a house um with music um it was country music but it was music it was dolly parton it was willie nelson it was kenny rogers and and, and as i got older you know i kind of tried to get away from country music, and I was introduced some with to some great music, Paul Simon. Um, but some of my early influences were Triumph, Bad Company, some of those you know '70s rock bands. Um, but whatever the genre of music uh, that I have followed throughout my entire journey up until my you know where I am today is it's it's my whole life has been riddled with wallpaper made of music, and at different points I've I've liked different kinds of music, but I think it starts at a very young age. For example, my very first contract, my very first concert was Eddie Rabbit, but my very first concert without my parents going out with my friends with Bad Company and Triumph. You talk about two different genres of music, but to say that I wasn't influenced by both genres and other genres, you know, as I've evolved musically, it's all been a part of what makes me me. It's a, it's it's so important to the human spirit and I can't imagine Anyone not going through life experiencing that? I mean,
0: it becomes a soundtrack to our lives. I mean, if we had a video playing "Birth to Grave," you know, there's there's music that uh, that shapes the entire thing, and um, the the emotions that come with it, and the times, and the, and the way certain music brings you back to things that are staples in your life, and then um, you know, I mean, in every emotion across the gamut, whether it's you know, sheer joy or, or pumped up energy or sorrow and tears, there's music that can represent every single bit of that. And, um, and it's one of the reasons I think we turn to music. And a lot of times that, uh, you know, when, when there's breakups in your life and, you know, romantic breakups or, or you're just down, or like I said, you're wanting to get energy or something, you turn to music for that medicine that you're looking for to, you know, with a solve whatever issue or comfort or whatever is going on in your life, you turn to music for it. That's that's such a huge staple, in in most people's lives. I mean, I'm sure there's some that don't, but I don't know if I want to associate with those people or not. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> what, I don't
0: I trust people.
1: <laughs> what was some of your early? What was some of the early music you were listening to as a youngster?
0: Oh man, um, like real early, I was an Elvis nut. You know, I mean my. You know, real early. My parents had a couple Elvis albums. I, I got uh, I got out their old record player, to the kind that would like flip down out of the front that had two attached speakers. You know, and I'd put on some old Elvis albums and and I loved it. And Then and and my dad uh, actually got a jukebox when I was in about first grade, and. We were at this record store. I don't. I don't remember where, where the place was. I think it was in Dearborn, but we were at a record store that was attached to this place that sold like arcade games, two boxes and stuff. And we went. We went into the store, and he said, "Okay, kids, myself and my sister." He said, "Go, you know, pick out X number of 45s." Right. So we would. We went through the store, and it just you know, like smorgasbord, we just picked out songs that were interesting. So, so I basically had like the the equivalent of a of an iPod style of mix. At my disposal, pretty young, so I was hearing like, Rhinestone Cowboy, Glenn Campbell, right? That was one of them, the, of all things. And I, I, I'm embarrassed to say it, but a couple of years later, it was like Disco Duck. Remember Disco yeah, Duck? Yeah, Disco, disco Duck. Yeah, right. That was in there. There was uh, Cheap Trick. Like a couple of years after that, um, Surrender was in there. So there was this eclectic mix of all sorts of music and genres. That i was able to listen to that was pretty cool but if you go back to my actually first album that i ever had was elton john's caribou um phenomenal album didn't let the sun go down on me Bitch's back is on that song called tickin which is one of the coolest stories that's never heard and uh so that was like kind of where it started you know
1: it's funny because you know you mentioned elvis presley i mean i don't know how i could have omitted him i mean any anybody my age growing up in the 60s 50s 60s 70s or whatever uh you definitely were were exposed to Elvis and and all the the things that he did to change music as a genre but you know the older I get the more I find myself going back to the to the music that was being played on the radio when you know not just when I was a kid but even before that like I recently went to Vegas to see Van Morrison. He was someone who was on my bucket list. But his his one of his greatest LPs, Moon Dance, came out in 1969, the year I was born. And so I find yeah. myself listening to him a lot and, you know, Into the Mystic and Brown Eyed Girl oh, and man. things like I mean, it's just, it, it really makes you, it, 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 you know, much like radio is theater of the mind, music is definitely theater of the mind. And it puts you in a certain place. It takes you, you know, I mean, we live in a TV age. I don't think we can dispute that, but. You know sometimes sure. it's not the worst thing to shut that that TV off and 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 go go back and listen to some of the music that was was uh, that was on the radio when you were growing up because there's such a there's an inner calm that comes upon me when I when I hear something like that that's my you know that's my happy place you know that's my babbling brook is the music that I grew up right. with whether it be Elvis or or Van Morrison or you know or Dolly Parton or anybody that that I grew up with and I, you know I mentioned Triumph earlier I mean my one of my it was at I think it was at uh Joe Louis Arena in 1987. I remember a couple things about that show. I remember hearing "Magic Power" for the first time, and ta- we're talking about the the power of music. You talk about a great song that was written by Rick Emmett called "Magic Power." If you haven't heard that, um, yeah, go check absolutely. that out. But <laughs> but I, I I find the older I get, the more I want to go back and listen to some of the music that that I grew up with. Is that something that you experience?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think you do. You know, you do that because I think we're, we're from, well, I don't know, it's probably applicable today too, but I think we're from an era that we have a lot of memories of music that, that relate to occasions in our life, you know, things that were going on. And can, you can hear just a few notes of something and it brings you right back. And so I think that kind of goes with what you were saying about you know, putting on older music from your childhood stuff it'll it'll kind of bring you back. We we all lived through the, the, the complete evolution into the MTV era, which it, it benefited music, definitely. It, but, you know, the videos, all of a sudden came something that you would think about when you heard a song. And to me, that was kind of a shame because there are so many. I'm going to give you an example. You said Into the Mystic. Such a great song, man. I mean, yeah. It, Again, I don't trust anybody. That doesn't like the song, right? But that, <laughs> that song right there, and this was this was well post MTV era. This was in my early adult life. Camping, six o'clock in the morning ish, waking up in kind of a uh, in a in a literal fog and then a mental fog, if you know what I mean. But you know, the literally a fog on the ground is cold, it was cool, crisp. Even though it was summer, a lot of dew and stuff. Waking up, hearing that song starting to kick, right, from from a campsite that we were we were actually with people, we were all tent camping, we we're going on a canoe trip. And I was at the tent and look out and I see my brother in law standing in front of his pen almost hippie dancing to the to that song that came on. And the mist was there and the sun was peeking through and starting to burn off the day and it was just in that the campground was quiet. And that I cannot to this day, I knew the song before it to this day I cannot hear that song the beginning of that song without picturing that in my head and going right back there and being like yeah you know it was just it was just a cool vibe so that's what I'm talking about you know it brings you back
1: well and and, you know you touched on something that I wanted to talk about is the evolution and portability of music you know I mean like when I my very first piece of music that I heard was probably an 8 track in my mom's vehicle so I mean a track and then cassettes came along. And cassettes were amazing because uh, what I loved about cassettes is that you could put a cassette player in in your radio and record the music off of the off of the radio, which was phenomenal. Did,
0: did you ever did did you ever jump at the radio like after the song started?
1: You'd oh yeah towards yeah.
0: your, your cassette, and it play so all your so your tape was filled with like a bunch of songs that had the first six seven seconds cut out of it you know
1: yeah but even before that I mean even before a tracks cassettes there were albums and when you think of listening sure. to music with an album reading what's in the inside the records the art that was on the inside of the records the the whether it be lyrics oh, yeah. or the stories uh, and that added to the mystique of of the music you know and like like kiss alive i mean that was one of the i mean listening to that and then look at the inside art wow i mean that's a oh, whole man. experience yeah. you mentioned mtv before mtv you know music was definitely theater of the mind i've heard many songwriters say you know i don't i don't try to tell people what a song's about because even though this might be what i was writing about how someone interprets that and makes it their own, yes who am I to say what that song's yeah. about? that's not mine anymore when I record
0: it right- exactly and the album to go back to the album part of it yeah you you're right, especially kiss alive, <laughs> gosh you know you' stare at that stare at that Cobo Hall shot live with those guys carrying the banner and just be like wow and and I think that that relates a little bit to our age too you know um when you just saw that it was such a such an amazing thing, but yeah, that was that was the way you found out about your artists. You couldn't wait to like see pictures in an album insert or on the back of an album or something that brought you a little bit closer to the artist that gave you a little bit of insight of who they were portraying themselves to be or whatever. And and um, whether it's lyrics of the song itself that you could read or just things that you know, we are literally about two seconds away from finding out anything of anybody in entertainment now just by a couple of keystrokes takes away the element, some of the element of the, the romanticism of it, you know, that, that just, that just works. So yeah, whatever evolution is evolution. We're not going to stop progress, but, uh, But how has evolution, well, but, let me
1: interject that, Brian, how has the evolution of how we listen to music affected the music? Cause I, you know, I, I listen to some of the, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, get off my lawn guy, but some of the music that's <laughs> put out today and that's popular today, I, I mean, I just, it's just, I don't, I mean, it doesn't it, you know, it seems like it's all the same, you know. Like that was well, what was great yeah. about the eighties. I mean, you had John Mellencamp, you had Boy George, you had the fabulous Thunderbird, you had Michael Jackson, you had I mean, there was such a vast difference in the personalities. It was so different. So there was different genres. It seems like everything now is the same.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on sounding the same. The evolution what's what's interesting is uh I just read something the other day, it was I think it was two thousand sixteen. Might have been seventeen. Mozart, Beethoven or Mozart? I think, anyway, I think it was Mozart outsold Beyonce and Adele in that year, and they were chart toppers that year. So that kind of goes back to, you know, it's like why, why, why is that happening? You get the publicity of the Beyonces in the world, but you know, here's here's Mozart still outselling them, which is pretty incredible. And it's weird. It comes with age, right? When our parents started hearing rock and roll and were falling in love with it. Their parents were going, it's noise. It all <laughs> sounds the same. It's junk. What do you listen to? I can't understand the words. Now you and I could go back and listen to a buddy Holly song right now and hear every word, almost like he's enunciating into the microphone. It's so ridiculously clear, but they couldn't understand the words back then. Right? So then the next phase happens and Beatles and the, the, you know, the, um, British invasion happens and and all that type of stuff, and then a lot of the acid-style rock and the more hippie thing, the cream and things like that, And, and it started changing, and the next generation is getting into that, and they're LSDing out, and they're having their thing, and the parents of that generation are looking going, I can't understand a word they're saying. It all sounds the same. What is this garbage, you know? buddy holly now that's music what's this cream <laughs> who's this clapton guy the guitar is too loud you know and then and then it goes again and then all of a sudden kiss hits the scene in the 70s that's these devil worshiping demons what's this crap that's some crazy stuff what are you listening to it's gonna rot your mind 80s got a little fruity in my opinion and i'm not saying that to be politically incorrect i mean you just just flaky style music a little lighter a little fluffier um Ever at the beginning of, uh, you know, I know you've heard it, uh, uh, well, you got like pour some sugar on me, right? If you can listen to that on a one take and actually understand all the words, you're, you're, you've got some serious skills, you know? But uh, you hear those types of songs and you hear the parents going, what are they? I, jabba, 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 jah. What are you saying? What is that? I can't even understand the words. It never changes. So it's evolved. But coming back full circle to what you said about right now. Now? I'm a fifty three year old guy, right? so I'm in that era that era where I'm going it's just a bunch of noise it's ah. I think on some aspects you've got you got some produced, some process music. I'll put it that way a computer you you input it in a computer it spits it out and people blah over top of it and that's not my thing. I don't find i'm also a musician kind of and I just don't find any.
1: Joy in that stuff. I, when I ride my bicycle, I listen to music that I grew up with. So anytime I hear "We Should Be Sleeping" by Eddie Money, I picture myself at Chuck Russo's house, my buddy Chuck's house, at eleven thirty mm-hmm. at night because I'm supposed to be home at midnight, knowing damn well I'm not going to make mm-hmm. my curfew. But that song right. takes me to that place. When I think of, right. I, when I hear certain songs, I think, oh, I put that on a mixtape for a girl once. You know, do 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 mm-hmm. do do the mm-hmm. kids today make mixtapes?
0: They might make a playlist. And I think, I think people can still be brought back because I don't think everybody's watching videos the way they used to. Now, I might, I might be talking totally out of turn. It doesn't seem like it, though. I know, I know my son and daughter can pull up any song from any era, of any genre, at any second, right, on, on whatever, Spotify, whatever or whatever they're, they're subscribing to. They can pull those up instantly, and they are listening to them as opposed to watching them. And I love
1: that. My brother, his daughter is 18. My, my niece, Rebecca, she's 18. Mm-hmm. And she knows more Rolling Stones songs, lyrics, than I do. I, I right. mean, he, he introduced her to the Rolling... Ch- I mean, her favorite song is I'm Just Waiting on a Friend. I ain't waiting right, on a right, lady. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: lady. I lady. Um,
1: but my point is, on, God bless yeah. the parents that are turning this older generation of music onto the to new... The I need- think
0: they've got the best... I think they've got the best of both... Of every world, really, because they... You know, some of the music they listen to, I don't like, like I'm saying. I am saying. I don't appreciate some of the process stuff. But... They're listening to that, they're getting into it, they have their favorites of it, but then, like you just said, there's a lot of people that are, there that are loving the Beatles and the Stones and, and ACDC and Zeppelin, and then some of the, you know, you get the really hip ones that are getting deep into Led Zeppelin, you know, offcuts and stuff, which, you know, it, they're they're getting to enjoy all of that, which is just... Uh, they're all a little jealous, it's kinda of cool and they can look at it without without prejudice and I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I just I like a good band behind people. I like some some live music and live instrumentation myself. But but even though they're doing a lot of that process stuff, there's still a lot of artists that are out there, mostly singers, songwriters, you know, but there's a lot of artists There's a handful of really great bands that are still out there doing it. They're just not getting the same publicity. Some of the singer-songwriters are getting monster publicity. You know, you're Ed Sheeran, right? I mean, good God. He's doing solo performances. It's just him and his guitar in front of friggin' 60,000 people in stadiums. That's kind of unheard of. But I, personally, I think he's a pretty talented guy, you know? Um, so 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 there's still this huge, huge, huge mix. I think just what we're bombarded with and some of the gangster rap it, and, the, and the videos that come out of that are just, they're not my taste.
1: Do you think Napster and companies like Napster and Spotify and other services like that, even iTunes, where you can buy a song for a dollar instead of buying the albums, do you think that's, what has that done to music?
0: Wow, it, it revolutionized it. I mean, completely. It it, it flipped it on its, on its, completely on its ear. You know, think about what, uh, how easy everything became as soon as Napster hit. And then it was all the illegal downloading. Right. But that, that is basically where it started. Um, It just changed the game. You could grab, you could go out, people were downloading tens of thousands of songs at a time off that site, just boom, 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 just loading up with stuff. And I, and it definitely changed. And now, instead of going back to the album thing, you know, where sometimes there was a story or a theme in the album now it's kind of about a hit machine you know you have to write one song that's going to grab somebody and make them it's always been about making right the hit as far as commercially but you know you can't you can't really tell that story the same way anymore Uh, I think Sammy Hagar just released an album last year that he tried to make kind of a 2112 like Rush is a theme if you listen to it front to end you get a story same type of thing what he did with his new one there aren't many people doing that anymore you know it's just it's so hard to do it because of the services that make it so easy just to pick and choose what you want to hear
1: talk about how you can't have a party without music i mean that's a whole nother thing is a house party without music Imagine yeah. that.
0: <laughs> well that goes to that goes to picking and choosing i mean anybody can take over the you know you got i've got i've got some bluetooth speakers that uh i can give permission to anybody that i want and they can take over and it's like a party up mode where people can add songs to the queue and they'll start pumping out over it and you know it's become a community effort of things but but yeah you never could have a party how could you have a party without music back in 1950 Mm -hmm. there was music in the background you know i mean can you can you imagine being in any situation even sitting around playing cards with friends where there wasn't some kind of music in the background and and why is that? Why do we, why do we need that? What is it about that? I hate to say it and be cheesy and say full circle again, but it comes back to, there's a magic power of music that soothes people, entertains people, makes people happy, whatever it is, it's there, you know? And, uh, God forbid song and or God forbid dance break out at one of these parties because then then it's a whole different story. That uh, that ramps the party level up tenfold and you know now you've really got something going on and people start dancing around at house parties.
1: Well, and that's why I love music because it is so versatile and it can be a house party and you can have dance music. But then music can also be you know James Taylor where you're just you're, you're putting poems to to music
0: and then you're slow dancing.
1: And then you're slow dancing, or you're just thinking. I mean, and, and some songs hit you where you when you don't think you're gonna get hit. Like for example, you know, for me, I I don't listen to I listen to WJR obviously, um, but as far as other stations, I don't even I have satellite radio in my car. I listen to my own music that I have on a flash drive that I can luckily put, plug into my car, but when I do listen to radio and I hear a song that maybe I didn't like and I'll listen to it because even if I didn't like it, it took me to a time and place and I keep, you know, I come back full circle, but I think that's what music is. It's, it's a, it's the fabric and it's the soundtrack of your life. You know, I, I know a lot of my forties I spent, I didn't listen to a lot of music no, and it's just, I'm glad that I was, I reintroduced my, it's not that I totally got out of, you know, but we're in a TV generation. Everything's TV and with every, you got your jobs and you do this. and. There's not a lot of time for radio. That's why I'm glad that I started collecting records again because I got a record player and it's just it's, uh, you know, it's taking me back because music has been such an important part of my life and it continues to be, and and I can't believe even even for a little bit, I kind of suppressed that. Bad bad for me.
0: Right. Yeah. It it needs to be there. I've obviously like I'm not the type of guy that can put music on in the background of something if I have to focus on. Going back to school, homework, or if I've got a task at hand, I'm sitting at a computer, I'm pounding something out and, and working on something that's taking a little bit of mental capacity. I can't really have music on in the background because I am, I'm in, I'm too much in tune to it. I'm going to focus on the music. Within within seconds, I'm going to be tapping my hands, tapping my feet, thinking about the drums, or thinking about the recording process, or thinking about the words of the song, you know, or or putting myself wherever in music so I'm not that type of personality. But there's a lot of people that do that. They need music in the background. Some people need music in the background to read. But I mean that's that to me, that my brain doesn't function that way. But it, it's it's that or, or, you know, find a construction site that doesn't have a jam box going. Or now, when talking about the evolution, you got, you know, your earbuds or whatever your own private playlist that you've kind of taken some of that away from it but it's funny how you, you know you mentioned phono, and then that, that morphed into eight-track tapes, which were just a horrible, horrible idea. And then you got uh, cassette players, like you mentioned, and, and you know you made started we started making our mixtapes and personalizing our music. Right now, I don't have to listen to a whole album; I can listen to all these different songs. And CDs came out, right? And I went kicking and screaming with going into the CD generation, but that, that was kind of stupid because they were convenient and they worked well. And and then you got, you got your Walkman. So now you can take your music with you, right? Pop it in your Walkman, put your headphones on. You could go out for walks and jogs and whatever. That changed everything. And then that morphed into iPods, which now you've got thousands of songs you could bring with you. And then the whole earphone, earbud, Evolution of you know, I mean, I've got a set of, I got a set of earphones. It's an MP3 player. It's a shuffle mode, so I can't pick the song, but I've got I don't know 16, 1800 songs in it. It's an underwater set. It's a Sony underwater set. Hey, Sony should pay us. Um, it's an underwater set of headphones. Put on, I can swim. I can swim underwater. It is really, really cool because I can just bring the music. It's shuffle. It'll play things if I ever go out and I want to swim laps in a pool or something like that. It's the coolest stuff in the world. So when you look at how easy music has become to access and to, to take and to personalize, to take with us, it's really pretty amazing. You know, like I said, the nostalgic part of the albums and the album covers and the bands writing, you know, theme, uh, epic song albums are kind of by the wayside. But at the same time, I the Evolution has made it so cool for kids to listen to our music and music from beyond.
1: When you say that, it makes me think of documentaries. I'm a big fan of musical documentaries. I just watched uh, for the probably the 50th time uh, two documentary, two of my favorite documentaries. One is the, about The Temptations. Um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a, a big uh, fan of The Temptations. Uh, David Ruffin, I think, uh Amazing singer, but what was,
0: what's the name? What's the name of the? Do you know the name of the documentary? I think
1: it's called The Temptations. It was an NBA, NBC, NBA, NBC miniseries they did, I think, back in the '90s. But also the other one, also okay. Motown, was Standing in the Shadows of Motown, which was about the Funk Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, documentaries, to me, are kind of an, a real life uh, album cover, if you will, because you really get behind the scenes of what was really happening. And although it takes away yeah. some of your imagination, it's fun to find out. You know about some of these bands and what they were going through. You know, I just had a conversation with Mike Halloran, who used to be on the air at WDET. We were talking, uh, we were talking about Genesis, and his, his his claim is Genesis, you know, was better with Peter Gabriel. And I, I like some of the music that they created with Peter Gabriel, but there's a, most of my friends forget that Peter Gabriel was in Genesis. But I right. like learning about this stuff in documentaries, and and documentaries are kind of an extension. You know, you mentioned MTV with the videos. I mean, the videos were kind of like, especially at the end, they kind of got ridiculous. You know, they don't. Yeah. They don't really mean what the song means. It's just a visual thing. But, but I, I love. Docu- shaking her, shaking her rear. Right. Yeah. But I like I like films that really go into to tell the stories about the yes. music because it's really it's transcended to any medium.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of music music documentaries. I, I absolutely love it. Do you have some and favorites? Gives, you know, um. 20 Feet from Stardom is just one of them that struck me. I didn't know the story. It's, a, it's about the, um, the women in the 60s and 70s who sang on so many songs that you know. And it was three, it was three black women. They were backup singers. They were um, phenomenal in their own right. They were held down by the music industry every time they wanted to get out and do their own thing. But these girls, they they performed on like uh, Give Me Shelter by the Stones, Sweet Home Alabama, and and a thousand other songs. But, you know, those backups are who I'm talking about to give a a spotlight to. But anyway, 20 Feet From Stardom is, is just, to me, it was just one of my, I don't know, like I said, I didn't know the story, so when I heard it, it was, it was incredible. Anything about the Swampers and, and the whole Dixie studio. You know what was a great documentary, I thought, was Ed Burns that whole series, that 15-part uh, country music?
1: Yeah, that was pretty which good.
0: Which I thought that was pretty cool. And, um, you know, I just said country music, and I almost felt like like explaining, well, I'm not the biggest country fan, but, but who gives a rip? I, it always reminds me of that saying that there's no such thing as guilty pleasures. You either like something or you don't like it, period. And if you like it, be proud of it say you like it, who cares? If I say I like do you really want to hurt me, which I don't, but if I say I do, who cares? If somebody wants to judge me on that. So anyway, I, I just I felt myself doing that for a second. I thought of that, that term and it's uh, it's pretty applicable. Which, going back to the iPod generation and the MP three generation of being able to pick and choose, just kinda it drops the veil of masculinity, if you will, with the veil of coolness. I might have Rocky Mountain High or Country Roads on by John Denver and then and then Mandy by Barry Manilow and then The Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden and they might play side by side because I dig them all. They're good songs, you know? And so, so back in the day, you, you didn't really do that. You had an album that you stuck on the needle on the album and you got that artist. Or maybe you were lucky enough to have a jukebox and you can mix it up a little bit, but I think that's interesting how that whole, just the whole mix of music that we we are all capable of listening to has is, is become so easy. Good music
1: is good music. And I have one of my favorite right. stories that, that I like to tell uh, about my career in radio is, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to meet quite a few artists and, and, and see a lot of concerts and be, you know, on the side of the stage and have a good view. But one of my favorite stories, uh, I think it was 2000, I want to say early, two, like 2003, 2004, uh, I, there was a guy in the early nineteen nineties. Was a guy named John Barry who had a lot of country success with some love songs. I don't know if you remember John Barry. He had some a couple years of strong success in the country music charts, but he sings like yeah. he, he's an amazing voice. And he was friends uh, with my morning partner when I when I was uh, doing a morning show in Benton Harbor at WYTZ, uh, the Wild Bill and Ron show. Um, he would come. This this John Barry would come to uh, to the to West Michigan, Southwest Michigan, once a year to do a Christmas show. Well, one year he brought uh, this new act that he had signed. He met him in Atlanta. He signed this guy to his record label. And uh, I was out in the, uh, we, we it was at the State Theater in Kalamazoo. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. out in the lobby talking to, to Bill and then a program director at a country station in Kalamazoo. When I heard this guy playing the guitar on the stage, I immediately excused myself from the conversation. And... I went back and I watched this guy perform with nothing but an acoustic guitar, and he held that audience with with an hour show uh, of just some great, great music. That's awesome. And I got back to the studio, and, I, and it was actually the only piece of music that I ever bought in my career in radio. Like, I've bought music before and after I was on the air, but during my time in radio, it was the only piece of music I ever bought. I bought a $5 CD from this guy. He had 12 songs mm-hmm. on it. It was like a little verbatim DVD or CD uh with with the song stickered on top of the cd it was he was his one man yeah. show
0: and yeah, and yeah.
1: i and the first song and i went back to bill cuz bill was the program director and i said hey you got to play the song this song is a hit i don't care cuz back in the 60s 70s and even some of the 80s you know that was the job of the disc jockeys is to play
0: yeah. you know
1: up and coming talent not just the established yeah. stuff well well, no, at that my. time that wasn't the case. We were just playing established radio, established artists, stuff other everybody else in the country was playing. It wasn't wasn't like the good old days as some would say. So getting <laughs> getting an unknown artist to play time was like I mean, it was ridiculous. You had a better chance of winning the lottery. But I told Bill, I was like, "This is a hit song. Mm-hmm. We need to play it." He he disagreed and they didn't play it. Well, 6 years later, I was actually a program director at a country at a country station in Fort Smith, Arkansas. When I was programming the Jeff Foxworthy show, I was putting it into the computer that was going to play on the weekend on my station, and he highlighted this guy. and I rec I was reading through it, and he's like, he's highlighting this artist that I, I was just referring to that I saw in Kalamazoo. Jeff Fo-
0: Jeff Jeff,
1: Fox. Jeff Foxworthy show. Yeah, he had a show. You're it was right. like a but top he was, forty. He was
0: highlighting him in his show. Okay, in All his right,
1: show, cool. like it was a recorded national show. Yeah. We were, we, and I was recording gotcha. it into our program so we could air it on our on our show on our station. Right, and he was highlighting this guy. And, and and the song that he was playing was a song that I was telling my program director we need to play it, and that song was Chicken Fried, and that artist was Zach Brown.
0: No way.
1: <laughs> so my point is, oh, is good man. music is good music, and I, I don't think anybody yeah. can dispute the musical talents of that young
0: man. So so going back, so it was it was Zach Brown himself on stage, yes. just him and an acoustic.
1: Just him and an acoustic. That's so cool. In fact, awesome, what I love man. about it, as I was just listening to that CD that I that I bought. And the first four songs that he had on that disc were the first were, were all on his debut album. I don't even think they recut them. Oh, him. that's cool. It was chicken fried, yeah, whatever it takes. That's such
0: a cool, that's such a cool story, man. Yeah, and, that, that's,
1: but that's the power of music. It, it, a good music is good music. Yeah.
0: Exactly. When it can turn your eye. When you buy, when you buy a CD at an event, I mean, you know, it's not a rare thing. That's why they sell them there. But when you do that, you know, there's something that touch you. I've done that myself. Where it's like I've heard a band, never heard of them before, seen them on stage, went, well, "These guys are good, man," and buy their stuff. And then you actually end up liking them even more after you hear it the second time. Sometimes you hear a song and you think it's really good, and then the rest of the material is like, "Yeah, okay, that was their best thing." But that that is that is a mad moment. That's, that's such a great story. You've never told me that one. I don't think. I don't think. That's awesome. But yeah, um, that's.
1: I'm just talking about the, the good music is good music. And and yeah, and good and and, and he could have quit. I mean, that was six years later. He was. I think he was a cook or a chef in Atlanta. Uh, but yeah. he could have easily quit. But he didn't. And, and thank goodness for all of us that he didn't.
0: I'm. I've still got music that, that of bands that have never that never made it that were local unsigned bands from across the country. I was in a position to to get some music from different groups of of artists in the late '90s, and um, some of them grabbed me. And I still to this day, you mentioned your your truck with your your MP3s on. I have the same thing. I've got a couple thousand songs that I have on reserve that I listen to all the time, and to this day, some of those. Those artists are still on there they are nobody's as far as they never went any farther they were just a little band that put out music and I go to them constantly because they're great songs and they are across different genres you know and they're just really really good and uh, it's another nice thing about the technology now too you don't have to bring a record player into your truck
1: well and that's the thing is there's so many choices whether you're talking about satellite radio the MP3s on a stick or whatever or even even if you like I like listening lately I've been listening to I like to check out what the DJs are doing on the on the on the terrestrial radio so the fact is there's so many more choices on how you can listen mm-hmm. to music that there really is no excuse not to just make it a part of your life on a regular basis. Right. Because it's good for your soul, about, man. It's good for your soul. I honestly
0: believe it. Very much. And and you, you talk about, um, you know, we kind of touched on the staleness of, of some videos and where it went. And the, the problem with the video is, like you actually said it earlier, it interprets what you're supposed to think of the song. And that's that's never been good. And I, I do actually think of some songs. I go back to videos. And um, that's a shame, really, because it should be left to your own interpretation and stuff. But one of, the, one of those songs, ninth grade. Uh, we were allowed, at my high school, we were allowed to leave during lunch, and so I'm in ninth grade, and I was walking up to a store that's about a half mile away, and I was with a buddy, I can't remember who I was with, but there was there was a group of seniors sitting on like an old Mustang in the street, it was spring, It's a halfway decent day, the weather was starting to break, I don't remember who they were, I don't know that I ever knew them after this, but I was walking by an I Need a Lover by uh, John Cougar. They were sitting on the car, drinking some pops, radio's cranking, and I'm walking by, and I'm just looking at them as I walk by, and I remember I had a glass glass bottle of Pepsi, right? You could buy them in glass bottles, a single slice of pizza that I bought at the store, and I'm walking by, and they were just cranking it, smiling, sitting there, and one of them waved me over. And I walked over by the car, and I stood there like a moron because I didn't know him, and I was a ninth grade shy kid, whatever, I was just standing next to the radio but, but I sat and listened to that song the whole time walked away afterwards like hey guys have a great day type of thing walked away and that was it but again it's one of those things where I can't hear that song without bringing me right back there every time and it and it is a it is a magical thing how do we do that how 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 come you why do you know every word of a song you haven't heard in 10 years right from 30 years ago Right. You, you know, you, you hear a song when you're in 10th grade, you memorize it, you know it, you can sing it. You don't hear it for 20, 30 years later, 10 years later. And then all of a sudden comes on and you can sing along with it like you never missed a beat. Why does that happen?
1: Because it's part of who we are. I honestly believe that. And I think so. sometimes people ignore that or they shun it because they're so busy. With, but it, it, you need to take the time to do that. I, I, I think it's the best kind of therapy you can give yourself.
0: It's good stuff, man. I taught my kids when they, were, when they were like barely talking, I taught them our home address and our phone number through a song. I made up a little stupid kitty song, sang it to them. They knew it in a matter of minutes. And I did it because if they ever got, you know, whatever, separated in a crowd or whatever, and they needed to tell somebody something, they could just sing the song, you know. And it worked.
1: That's the power of music, and coming back to what I said it at the it. beginning of the show, you know, it lifts the human spirit. And I just thought of a dro- of a mic dropping moment. Anybody who's ever seen the movie Rocky, if you think that scene where he's climbing the steps at Philadelphia Library oh, yeah. wouldn't would would be any different without that music, you're out of your mind. That that right. <laughs> I mean, there's so many songs like that that you just you you can't deny it just it affects you and 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 most times in a positive way i can't i mean unless you're heartbroken and you're listening to side 2 of sportive of kings uh if you're breaking <laughs> well, up don't listen that is, to that one
0: but <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you're heartbroken or whatever then it's 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 comforting you know people listen because they can relate they can hear like you know old chicago like when i was in junior high old chicago songs were they were into that realm where they were just writing one ballad, a love ballad, after the next after the next, you know, and uh, and and those songs, people could listen to them because they would think for some reason that, oh, the singer is just like me and they know what I'm going through right now and that it's good because they obviously wrote this song about me and those those type of things are, uh, are really cool, you know so they could use it as comfort, and like you said, Rocky, you use it to work out I mean, you can't go into a gym without of the people with their earbuds on, right, headphones on of some sort, listening to their own little pump-up music or whatever motivates them. Um, and that's, you know, again, it's just there is a magic about it. And it's unexplainable. It's a psychological phenomenon. I'd love to hear, well, maybe I wouldn't love to hear a technical explanation about it, but it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, pretty flippant remarkable.
1: And, and, and that's what's great about it is whatever genre, whatever artist, it's different for everybody. And it, and it does something different to everyone but at the end of the day it's all i i think it's all it's all chicken soup for the soul if you ask me
0: music is art music is 100 percent art um i always like i always like you word accomplished you know the yeah you know, the most accomplished accomplished band in the world is blah whatever it is you know beatles biggest sellers whatever it, you might you don't have to like them you know but they, then you've got Different artists that you know, I I don't I don't like it all, but I'll admit completely that they are. It's like wow, they're they're, they're doing something right. They're doing something I could never do because they're sitting on top of the world, you know, uh, in in success, and so they're extremely accomplished. Can they play a lick on a guitar or actually seem to write any kind of serious music? No, but they are doing something right. So again, it's still another art form, variation of music that 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 rocks somebody's soul, you know. Somebody is crying in the first row because they, they made eye contact with, you know, Madam X singer.
1: I know this is arbitrary, Brian. I hate to do this to you because we didn't really talk about this. but uh, And I'm sure it's changed over the year. But right now, as you stand here, what are your three favorite songs?
0: Oh, man. Yeah, that's really tough. It's almost gotten burned out in the past 10 years. But one of my all-time favorites is just go to, for no other reason than vibe. 5. Is KC uh, Marshall Tucker Band. Oh, that's great. It's it's just uh, this vibe. Other favorites, man. I don't know. They always fluctuate. They really always fluctuate. So I, I don't even know if I can answer that. There's a handful of eras that songs that almost always go to, even if they're overplayed. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll give you three, and like I said, they could always yeah, change. Please. But in no particular order, I, I think you, "The Heart of the Matter" by Don Henley. I think to me that's one of the most underrated written songs it's such a great song yeah. um uh, Magic Power by Triumph I yeah that's so what we're talking sea. about right here <laughs> yeah uh and and, and <laughs> what was the other one that I was thinking about um I think you have to put Freebird in there right
0: yeah, yeah Freebird that's funny we were just I was having a camp bonfire the other night with my family and Freebird came on and I said you know you can make fun of it all you want it's a phenomenal song no question and my personal my personal preference is when it takes off you know when yeah, it gets to yeah. the jam I like the part you know same with same with Stairway to Heaven Stairway to Heaven has been overplayed it was the number one song for 25 years in a row on every rock station it was so stupid but the song itself is a phenomenal tune and it's just you know one of those things so anyway I'm sorry So and then, uh, and then
1: I and then you um, know we mentioned it earlier but uh, in, Into the Mystic by Van Morrison is just always been one of my right favorites there.
0: yeah yeah let me go back to your uh, Don Henley reference. What is it about that song that you love so much? Is it lyrics? Is it vibe? Is it music? Is it. I think it starts you know, with the lyrics. What,
1: I think it starts with the lyrics, but the music definitely helps it. But this, the song is about forgiveness.
0: The way it's speaking to you, right? Yeah. 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 That's cool. I, I, I'm very much a, uh, like, I like some fusion music, um, fusion rock, you know, or I, I can't say fusion. No, sorry. Totally wrong word. Progressive rock. I like some of it. Um, as a as a I I I'm a drummer and so I appreciate people who have mastered their craft who've, you know, really worked their skills. Progressive bands and progressive music is really articulate. It's cool. It, it, to me, you know, it, it shows off massive skills. And to me, I either have to have some phenomenal musicianship in the background or lyrically it has to really, really say something to me. Or or a combination of those two vibe together, you know, gelling together. If it doesn't have something, if it's a process song that's coming out of a machine where somebody's just saying the same word over and over and repeating something about their ass over and over and over <laughs> and over and over, and over. Like, you know, you you could see the same things about like, you know, Van Halen songs or certain, Van Halen, certain songs in the 80s that talked about nothing but women that were cheesy rock. They were just cheese ball lyrics. But musically, they had a groove to them that was just like, and it was it was made by humans. So it's like, okay, I can forgive the cheese ball lyrics because it has this, this background vibe to it, you know, or these lyrics are miserable to me, but my gosh, can you listen to that bass player, or listen to the drum licks and the guitar, man, it's phenomenal. So it's like those type of things can always come into play with me. So, so back well, to Don the first thing I thought about is that in my opinion it's a very simplistic music so i figured you might it might be the, the message that was in it that you know was the big attraction
1: but sometimes musically if it's simple and it's just like you need to concentrate on the words and just go along with the ride i mean that's to me less is more sometimes no
0: oh no that's what i mean yeah if it's lyrically if it's there i mean i because if that I, you want to talk I, about
1: complexity we could talk about rush we could talk about yes
0: oh absolutely and and even deeper even deeper than them but no i Right, a band that I was in that was an original project band, we tried a lot of different things and, or we went in a lot of different directions. But one of, my, one of my favorite songs just to listen to by our own band is a very simplistic song. It's almost, it's repetitive pretty much, you know, soup to nuts. But the lyrics in it, I really like. Uh, it, there's a cool story there. It's not to me. It's not bubblegummy spoon-fed stuff. There's a. Little, it's a little deeper than that, and so yeah, I I am all about that. It kind of. It needs one or the other or both. You know.
1: Well, you, yeah. earlier when you were talking, I, I I can't I can't believe I omitted this. I mean, I gave you a couple songs, but another one of my favorites is, is uh, "Ain't Too Proud to Beg" for that simple reason. Mm. The music is just. It's the musically. It's 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 a it's a good one. And and
0: obviously the, the words are, yeah. That's a geniusly written song, man. know yeah, no doubt about and it. And it's the best and part I, in the
1: movie about the temptations because they're perform <laughs> in the movie they're performing it at, uh, at the Fox uh with the former lead singer of uh the contours and David Ruffin comes up the side and grabs the microphone. I never you want to leave and it's just it's the whole yeah so A too oh, yeah, proud yeah, to Bag, yeah what, I, have,
0: I have actually seen that part so i must i must have seen some of that i, I didn't think i did but yeah that was uh yeah if you haven't seen I the exactly, the doc mini- i know exactly what you're talking about exactly if you haven't yeah, seen so the miniseries
1: if you haven't seen the miniseries about the temptations call the temptations i think it's three or four parts but really good yeah flick.
0: okay right on um you mentioned magic power the triumph song which which kind of i mean you could you could save yourself you know however long we're talking here you could save yourself all that time and just listen to that song and it pretty much sums up what we've been saying because you know it 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 does summarize it perfectly as far as the power of it but it's somewhat parallel coincidentally the other Canadian big rock trio um but spirit of the radio by rush is one of those songs that um kind of really nails it as far as what something is about and like i said it's kind of a parallel thing you know radio viz music it's uh the lyrics in that song are some of my favorite that were that have ever been written as far as rock goes you know there's other genres that we're not as uh, in tune with that that have incredible 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 musicianship and everything else as well but um playing for a change that's what the name of it was there was a there's a we were talking about the staleness of videos there's a a new a new were it's been around for a few years movement that's going on. It's called playing for a change and it's multiple artists from around the world playing cover songs, playing songs that we all know. Um, and, and when I say if they're from the world, they are literally playing from around the world. There might be somebody in Indonesia, somebody in LA, somebody in great Britain, somebody in Sydney, Australia, and they're all playing different parts and singing and different things. And some of the, the, the music is just incredible because it's a different flavor because so many different influences are in it. But if you look through some of those videos, it shows the players' names and where they're from or where they're at. And I've actually discovered musicians by watching some of those that I never knew existed because they weren't in the genres that I am typically listening to. And I listen to you know five different genres consistently. But it's a really cool way to turn yourself on to some people that you've never heard of. You don't have to wait for a radio station or even an XM station or a Deep Cuts or anything like that. You can just see the musicians themselves and, and, and look them up and find stuff they've done, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I'm not really not really in tune with Magic Power, but it's a, it's, it's one-way video. I think has benefited music.
1: I want to thank everyone for uh, for joining us on our very first podcast.
0: hey you we're trying to bring a little flavor into the stagnant, stale environment we're in right now. There's not much going on except one topic, and we're not going so, to mention
1: the word because I'm trying to get through the whole show no, without mentioning that word at all.
0: No, heck no. So we'll we'll just we're just going to mix it up and change it up. And if anybody wants to come for the ride, welcome to it, man.
1: And I'm sorry I couldn't call this the Ron and Brian show, but Larry, Larry, he said it's I got to be hey, in the title. I get.
0: He's, you know, I know he's a particular son of a gun, so and demanding too. I get it.
1: Thanks again, Brian. Okay. And if you if you liked what you heard today, tune in next week. Brian and I will be having a whole new episode of the Ron and Larry Show with Brian.
0: <laughs> right on, Ron.
1: <laughs> hey, thanks, t- Brian. We'll talk to you next week, and uh, thanks for listening. And uh, if you have any comments or you want to add to anything we talked about or you want to contribute to topics that we discuss in the, in, in the future, please uh, leave a comment or s- shoot us an email. Uh, and, again, Brian, thanks for, jo- for, thanks for uh, doing this. Obviously, with uh, what's happening, we can't be in the same room, but uh, in shows to come, we hope to change that.
0: Soon enough. Soon enough, my friend.
1: So, again, there you have it, the very first podcast of the Ron and Larry Show with Brian. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.